This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This will be the devotion for the 25th of January, 2022. I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of St. John. Um, this will be chapter 18, verses 34 through 38. Jesus answered, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or have others told it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thy own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee up to me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would certainly strive that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. Pilate answered to him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came. I into this world that I should give testimony to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith to him, What is truth? And then he said, When and when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and saith to them, I find no cause in him. Okay, so, and I guess I really shouldn't assume that people are going to know the context when I give the chapter number and the verses. So, for those of you who are not Bible readers, um, this is the part in St. John's Gospel where Jesus has been arrested and uh, he's taken before the governor, the Roman governor of Judea, Pontius Pilate. And the Jewish religious leaders, you know, told Pilate, you know, this guy's an insurrectionist. He wants to, you know, he, he wants to overthrow the Romans and install himself as king. And um, basically... Uh, Pilate, you know, I think from the context of that verse, it sounded like, you know, Pilate really didn't believe the priest. Of course, there was a lot of friction between the chief priest and the Roman authorities because, you know, the Romans might have been pagan, but they weren't stupid. They knew that, you know, the religious Jews viewed them as savage barbarians. And so, you know, uh, it was mutual hostility on both sides. Um, by the way, just as an added note, this particular passage of scripture that I quoted is one of my spiritual touchstones, and I will get to why. I will get to why. So... Basically, 
in verse 34, Jesus is asking Pilate, you know, who told you I was the king of the Jews? Who told you this? You know, because Jesus wasn't stupid. He knew, he knew, he knew that Pilate probably was unaware um, of what was going on between him and the chief priest, which by the way, which was why he was arrested because basically he, um, the, the whole reason that, that, that the, the religious authorities, the Jewish religious authorities turned on him to begin with was basically, they wanted a secular Messiah who was going to bring heaven well, actually, not even heaven on earth down to Israel. Basically, what they wanted was a, a king like David who was basically going to throw off the Romans and then they could have their own Jewish Jewish kingdom, you know, kind of like what the Romans had. And when Jesus told them, you, know, you guys got it twisted. That's not, you know, my kingdom is is not here. It's It's in heaven. You know, then then they decided that you know he was a uh, a heretic. Anyhow, so in verse thirty four, he's asking, you know, who 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 told you this? Who told you I'm king? You know, and um, basically, Pilate, you know, and um. I know a lot of people are hostile toward Pilate, but I actually admired the guy's blunt honesty. Um, it comes through in in the Gospel of Saint John that this this is a guy who um, a lot of the uh, governors um, who ran the providences in the Roman Empire were former former military guys and it just shows in this passage you know he's just blunt and plain spoken and I could admire that especially in this day and age when you know you can't get people to give you a straight answer and he <laughs> he basically tells Jesus what am I a Jew uh, you know how would I know you know, and basically he tells Jesus, he's like, look, your own people turned you over to me. Why are they doing this? And then, you know, just as Jesus had to explain to the Jewish religious leaders that, um, you know, he's not, his kingdom is not, of, he is a king, but his kingdom's not of this world. And I bet that got I bet that got Pilate thinking, you know, because you know, you gotta remember the Romans were pagans at this point, so you know, anything could be a god to them, and you know, he's probably wondering, well, what's going on here? Um, but basically, Jesus tells him, you know, my kingdom is not of this world, and he also lets Pilate know, you know, he's. Jesus is doing his own little power play here. You know, if I were king here, I've got enough followers that, you know, you or the Jewish religious leaders couldn't just haul me, beat me up and, uh, you know, interrogate my butt. You know, my, my people would actually f 
fight you to the death to keep that from happening. And so Jesus, or I'm sorry, Pilate asked Jesus, he's like, so are you a king? And um, basically Jesus says, um, you know, you're, you're saying I'm a king, but the reason I came into the world the reason the reason I was born, the reason I'm I'm here is that I should give testimony to the truth. And basically the truth that he's talking about is that he's God. He's God and he's he is the long-promised Messiah that the Jewish spiritual leaders did not want to recognize. That you know, and you got to remember at this point for five thousand years, the Jewish people had been waiting for the Messiah to show up, and he's you know, so basically he's saying you know, um. I give testimony to the truth, which is basically that I am God. Um, I'm here to bring forward a new religion. Because up until that point, Judaism had been, it'd been uh, exclusive. In other words, you had to be a joy to be, I'm sorry, you had to be in most cases, you had to be Jewish to become, you know, to be a Jew. And Jesus is saying, yeah, well, you know, my truth is I'm God and I'm, I'm bringing forward a new religion out of the Jewish religion. And instead of being exclusive, it's going to be inclusive. It's going to be universal. Now, um... That's 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 basically the truth Jesus is talking about. Obviously, he didn't say all that in the in the passage. Uh, just uh, for those of you who are not Catholic, um, the word Catholic is Greek. It's a Greek word, and it basically is the Greek word for universal. And there are two, there are two separate meanings for this uh, when they say universal. The first meaning is, is that it's universal in that it'll take anybody from anywhere. In other words, you know, uh, you don't have to be a Northern European. You don't have to be an American. You don't have to be uh, a Russian to become a Catholic. You could, you could live, uh, be an Aborigine in Australia. You could be a Chinese person in China or a, um, uh, a Swahili in the Congo. Doesn't matter. Um, as long as you assent to the truths that the Catholic Church teaches, you can be a Catholic. So it's worldwide. 
It's worldwide. It's for it's it's universal. Uh, the second aspect of the word universal is is that its truths are universal, which means um, one of the greatest failings that human beings have is we tend to be subjective. And I do realize that um, I, I do realize the whole uh, uh, cultural uh, relativism has become a huge thing in the past like 20 years, but humans have always been subjective. Um, it just got, you know, within the past 20 years, it just really came out in the open. And when Catholicism calls itself universal, it's saying that its truths are objective. Meaning that what's true in 1000 AD is going to still be true in 3000 AD. These truths do not change. They are not, you know, and by the way, just so we're clear, um, subjective truth basically means that uh, the truth changes on who's saying it, what circumstances they're saying it under, uh, what the circumstances of that time and place are. Uh, like I said, when the, uh, when the Catholic Church say their truths are universal, they're saying their subjective truths, they do not change. Nothing can change those truths. And then, um, so now the last, the last sentence of verse 37 is the key. This is why this is one of my spirit, uh, scriptural touchstones. This is one of my, uh, why it's one of my scriptural touchstones, because he says, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. In other words, um, and you, I, I, this particular, today's devotion has to do with this particular passage of scripture. But basically, earlier in the book of John, um, he, he was in a Samaritan village and he was at a well and a Samaritan woman came to fulfill her water jug and they got in a discussion and basically what he what he told her was that people's spirit uh, I'm sorry people who are my followers worship me in spirit and in truth so so what he's basically this last sentence in verse 37 is basically he's telling Pilate that those who recognize the, 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 the truth that Jesus is teaching uh, are his followers. Okay, they are his followers. They're his true followers. 
Now, I know a bunch of Protestants and Vatican II types are going to be like, well, we're Christian. We believe that Jesus is Christ. No, um, I don't want to get too deep in the theological weeds about that. Um, as a matter of fact, if you uh, go back to my previous episodes where I covered the errors of Vatican II and Protestantism, you'll understand why I'm saying that these, these guys aren't actually following Jesus. They're following themselves, whether they realize it or not. But basically, he's telling Pilate, people, the, the, the people, um, who, who, um, who recognize the truth in me, these are my followers. Now, in verse 38, uh, some scriptural commentators, even Protestants, say that Pilate looks at him and said, you know, and, and they say he was being cynical when he said this. He was, he, he, they say he was being cynical when he said, well, what is the truth? Now, I have a different take on that. Uh, if, if you read what Pilate is saying, he doesn't strike me as a cynical man. He strikes me as a practical man. There is a difference. But... Um, basically, you know, um, he's from a pagan culture and this is why this particular passage of scripture really resonates with me because he's a pagan and it is a historical fact that around this time, um, the pagans of Rome were basically they were they were worshiping if you want to call it that their gods but they didn't actually believe in their gods they were doing it because it was a tradition not because they actually believed that their gods you know had any um impact on their day-to-day -day existence and so from this context, um, I kind of get the idea that he did recognize that Jesus was talking about a spiritual truth. And he was basically telling Jesus, well, what is spiritual truth? Because he's coming from a culture where basically for all intents and purposes, they had gods, but their gods were dead. So he's like, you know, he, he, he's basically saying, you know, um, you're, you're talking about a spiritual truth. I don't recognize, you know, you're basically talking about a spiritual truth. I don't recognize now the, the, the commentary portion, and I realize I've been doing commentary you know, for the past five minutes or so. But basically, you look 
And uh, as I said in, in my earlier episodes, I try to keep this from an American perspective because that's what I know. That's who I am. You look at American culture today. You got, you look at American culture today. You got Protestantism, which is 40,000 different denominations. 40,000. You can look that up on the internet. I'm not making this up. And because Protestantism is so, it's, I was going to use the word individualistic. I wouldn't even use the word individualistic. I'd used atomized. You have some uh, storefront quote unquote churches in the inner cities that don't have more than five members. And more, it's more than individual. It's atomized. And basically what it boils down to is, is this kind of cult of personality. You like the way the preacher preach or you agree with, you know, what he teaches. And so you follow that guy, not necessarily, I mean, you, you think his truth is your truth, but it's no, it, I'm sorry. You think his truth is the truth, but in actuality, he's just telling you what you already agree with. So you, you know, you're basically worshiping yourself and also, Protestantism, and there have been books written about this phenomenon. Like I said, I, I list resources in all my podcasts. You know, if, if you, if you want to challenge what I'm saying here, read the books that I'm listing. But basically, Protestantism... is just a secular form of Christianity. And by the way... For those of you who have not bothered to listen to my earlier broadcast, I am a former Protestant. Okay? I was a Protestant for three or four years before I got smart. So I'm, I'm familiar with Protestantism. I, I actually, without trying to sound um, too, too vain or egotistical, I probably know a lot more about Protestantism, even though it's been over 20 years since I've been in a Protestant church, than a lot of the, a lot of the Protestants who are going to church right now. But anyway, basically, oh, and this, this idea, this idea is not my own idea. I actually heard another podcaster use this expression and I thought it pretty much sums up what's wrong with Protestantism. And basically, Protestantism is the secular, secular, secularization of Catholicism. Traditional Catholicism, true Catholicism, we 
you know, if if you're actually worshiping God the way you're supposed to, you you understand that the here and the now here on earth doesn't matter. It's a way station. Eventually, you're going to die. You're going to get judged. and You're either going to go to heaven or hell. Protestantism, and like I said, I'm speaking from experience. They're, they're all about the here and the now, the, the, the earthly stuff. I'm sure that, you know, you've heard of the prosperity gospel. Well, if you just send me 10 bucks, you're going to get rich. Or, um, oh, I'm going to pray to Jesus that I win the lottery. You know, I, and, and, and an, another undercurrent within it, which the Vatican II sect shares, is this political. You know, you have politically conservative churches and you have politically um, progressive churches. And basically, they've replaced God in those churches with politics. You know, if you're going to a politically conservative church, Ted Cruz is your Jesus and uh, Nancy Pelosi is your Satan. If you're going to a progressive church, uh, George Soros is your God and um, uh, Ted Cruz is your Satan. <laughs> okay? I mean... These pe uh, and by the way, when I say these things, this is not a broad brush. Everybody's an individual. I'm not saying all Protestants are like this. Um, my uncle, who was a very hardcore Calvinist, um, he, he, um, you know, he, he, he was trying to grow spiritually in Jesus. So I do recognize not everyone is guilt. Uh, not all Protestants are guilty of this. I'm just saying in general. Anyway, to get back to what is truth. So I think there's a lot of parallels between Roman society at the time that Jesus was crucified and modern day American society. We, you know, basically Protestantism is atomizing into, into nothingness. Um, I mean, they've always been a secular religion, but now it's gotten to the point where, um, you know, you, once again, this is just a, uh, this is a uh, generalization, not a broad brush. Basically, you can't tell your average Protestant from your from just your average secular guy. I mean, you really can't. And for that matter, you know, I'm going to call out the the Vatican II uh, sect members, and they're the same way. But as I've said earlier. Vatican II is just basically Protestantism with a Catholic facade. So, you know, the fact that the Vatican II, you know, people are acting no different than Protestants, you know, 
does neither shock nor dismays me. Uh, I kind of uh, expect them to be that way because, you know, that's what they've been taught for the past 60 years. So, but to get back to the truth. So, basically, you know, in Protestantism, because it's, you know, it's an individualized setup, you've got 40,000 40, different um, truths that are competing against each other. And they're fighting. You know, my I'm right and you're wrong. And, you know, and, and like, remember what I said earlier about subjective truth and objective truth? Protestant truth is subjective because it's all individuals. Individuals decide what's true and what's not true. Now, basically, Jesus' truth is objective. It's very objective. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in 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 2000 years. And I mean by the way, I'm not just picking on, you know, the religious people. With the cultural relativism relative relativism that you've got going on in today's day and age. The secular people couldn't even tell you what truth is. You know, and it, it's, it's funny. It's funny because they'll see the, the blue haired, 300 pound girl with the 50 nose rings and a tattoo who's saying that she's a guy because she feels like a guy and they're making fun of her because obviously that's not the truth, but basically she's living the philosophy that subjective truth, which in my eyes is Protestant is Protestant truth is subjective. So if you're an individual and you basically decide, well, I'm going to decide what the Bible means. I'm going to decide, you know, what I'm going to do, you know, and how I'm going to do it. She's just taking it to the next logical conclusion, which is, well, I don't need God. And my truth is my truth, you know, and that's, that's basically Protestantism in a nutshell, you know, well, we believe what we believe in church A, but you guys in church B, you believe what you believe. That's your truth. But I just, you know, <laughs> you know, when, when Protestants, you know, talk about truth, I just got to laugh because they don't believe in objective truth. They believe in subjective truth. But anyway, like I said, this is not to bash on Protestantism or Vatican II. This is just to bash on present-day American society. When 
like I said, you you have not only do you have people who are denying the objective reality of sex. And when I say sex, I'm talking about gender. But you have the government. People are writing laws that are denying the objective reality of nature itself. And, you know, and this is, this is how I know, you know, um, don't, don't feel singled out Protestants and Vatican II people. This is how I know that these people are in the here and now. They think, they think if they just elect the 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 most red red pilled red blooded conservatives to the U.S. government, things things will uh, will go back to normal or what they consider to be normal. No, they won't. They won't because if you're living in the here and now and and you're not recognizing God as the ultimate truth an arbiter of truth and the arbiter, your arbiter, your personal arbiter, then if you've, if you've got no objective truth standards within, you know, things, I've said this in an earlier episode, things might be good for five or 10 years, but eventually they're going to go back to the way they were. Because you're living with subjective truth. And subjective truth is not stable. It's not fixed. Subjective truth changes. That's why it's subjective. But, um... So, basically, we're living in a society that basically... Everyone makes up, you know, their their truth is their truth. And a lot of these people, a lot of these people don't even recognize that fact. They don't recognize that they're living a subjective truth. They think that, you know, they're they're living an actual reality. They're not. And Like I said, I, I think the parallels between Rome at the time of Jesus and now, they're pretty clear to anybody who's read a few books, you know, has eyeballs and a brainstem. But to get back to my, my earlier point about Pilate, I don't think he was being cynical when he asked, what is truth? He's a Roman governor. He's probably a former military commander, which means the man ain't stupid. He may not be an intellectual philosopher, but he ain't stupid. He recognized that Jesus was some sort of, you know, either a god or some sort of religious leader. Okay, from his own pagan perspective. And because his religion had been so adulterated, 
And basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, his gods were dead. He was basically telling Jesus, well, I don't know of spiritual truths. I know, I know of worldly truths of power, prestige, and power politics, but spiritual truth, I don't recognize it. Which goes back to what Jesus was saying. Basically, Jesus was telling Pilate, I am the religious truth. But Pilate, Pilate was so ignorant and blinded that he didn't realize what Jesus was telling him. He couldn't recognize it. But Jesus was saying, I am the ultimate truth. I am the ultimate, the ultimate authority. I am the, I am the God. And like I said, a lot of people are wandering around the United States of America like Pilate. You know, they think they're worshiping, they think they're worshiping Jesus when actuality they're worshiping, they're worshiping themselves. And the person that they're worshiping is spiritually dead. They're spiritually dead. There's no truth in them. But like Pilate, they're so, they're so fixated on, on um, the here and the now here on earth, you know, um, politics, sports, um, fashion, Hollywood, everything except the ultimate truth, which is Jesus, you know, and like I said, this passage of scripture really resonates with me. And, and by the way, I just want to make clear for my listeners. I haven't always been this. I'm just going to use the word. I haven't always been this um, fanatical. I mean, I had stuff before I be, you know, before I started following Jesus, I, I had stuff that I was interested in and I was deeply interested. Um, the only thing I would have died for before now would have been my country. And that's been over almost 40 years ago. So, um, but and this is this is to get back to what he said those who recognize me those who recognize me follow me now remember what i was telling you about earlier in the gospel of john where he basically said um people his followers follow him in spirit and in truth. Basically, he was telling that Samaritan woman at the well, I am the truth. And those who recognize me as the truth follow me. But 
you know, um, actually, that's another one of my spiritual, uh, I'm sorry, scriptural touchstones. I'm actually going to do a devotional on that passage. So I don't want to get too deep into it. So basically, we got people, we got, we got basically the United States of America, for the most part, are a bunch of, um, even if they don't recognize it, they're a bunch of um, pagans whose God is dead and they don't recognize the truth. They don't recognize the truth when it's in front of their face. And just, just to end this, this section... I was going to use this line in a different podcast. And who knows, I may repeat myself because I think that this this point should be hammered into the thick skull of every America, uh, I'm sorry, every America, American in America. If you have to if you think something is the truth, if you think something is the truth, but there are discrepancies cropping up, and by the way, this just doesn't have to be spiritual truth. Any kind of what you consider political truth, societal truth, historical truth. But if you... Let's, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. And I'm going to use, I'm not going to use spiritual. I'm not going to use a spiritual example. I'm going to, I'm going to use something more mundane because I think a lot of the people that are listening to this, this will, this will be easier to understand. Let's say you're, you're conservative Republican. You read the National Review, you uh you uh you read National Review, you watch Fox News, and you know, you're you're just you know, you think Ted Cruz should be president, you know. But you start noticing you're you know, and if you're political. Maybe you're on online forums. So you're, you're arguing with, let's, let's just say you're on Twitter. And the progressives on Twitter are pointing out to you how, you know, because you're very upfront and forward, you know, I think Ted Cruz should be president. You know, I think he, you know, I think that he, he would make an excellent president. And they're pointing out to you all the progressive policies that either through ignorance or, and this is another aspect of American society, there are a lot of people living in denial. They, they, see, they see the people that they hold to a high degree acting out of character and they make, you know, they either ignore it or they make excuses for it. And that's, this is, this is my point. If you have to make excuses, 
If you have to make excuses for either a person, a position, or an organization, and you actively have to ignore, you either have to make excuses for or actively ignore that these that these uh, that these institutions, I guess, for lack of a better term, or people are acting out of character and they're acting out of character in a way that contradicts what you believe and how you live your life and your philosophy. And you have to and you have to make excuses for that. That's called willful ignorance. That is called willful ignorance. And if you're living in willful ignorance, no amount, no amount, and believe me, I've had plenty of experience with this, no amount of actual truth a person gives you, you're not, you're not going to recognize it. You're not going to recognize it. You're going to deny it, actually. Because you're so invested in the lie you've been living that to admit that you've been living a lie actually becomes more painful than the consequences of living that lie. Because let me tell you, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're living in willful ignorance, they're, they're, to, any, to, any, to any bad uh, fault or character flaw that we have, there are consequences. Both in the uh, in in the uh, temporal realm, which is you know the earthly realm, and in the spiritual realm, there there are consequences. And I think a lot of people would rather face the bad consequences of their living in falsehood than actually have to admit that they were wrong. So anyway, guys. Um, that's the devotion. Uh, before, before I close out this, uh, devotion, I just want to tell my listeners, whether you're Protestant, whether you're Vatican II, uh, if you're secular, whatever, um, I know a lot of what I said sounds harsh. Um. I'm not saying this. And I know you guys don't know me. To you, I'm just a voice. But I'm not I'm not saying this to make, you know, to upset you, to insult you, to put you down. I'm not I'm not saying these things for that. I'm saying these things and, you know, the whole reason I'm doing this podcast is I want to be God's instrument on earth. I want to be an instrument of his will. And I'm hoping that he uses me, you know, to, to at least plant a seed. You know, um, Jesus said in the Gospels, out of, out, of, uh, 
Out of the tiny mustard seed grew a huge tree. So, you know, what, what I'm, I, I guess in a long-winded sort of way, I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just, somebody has, has, has got to call a, a spade a shovel. And I'm going to do it. I just hope that, you know, um, you're not so invested. You know, you're not so invested in yourself that, you know, you're going to get mad because basically I told you you were wrong. And I hope, you know, anyway. Um, but I, I, I really appreciate People who tune in and listen, I really do. Um, I really appreciate Because, you know, when you listen, you're spending time that you could have been doing something else. So if you're willing to, to spend time with me, you know, some people would say that's a bad use of your time. But I, I would say if you're willing to spend time with me, um, I want to make it worth your while. And I hope I have. So, um, God bless you guys. I am praying for you all. Have a good day. Bye-bye.